and welcome back to India on 99.94. I'm Nikesh Raghani, as always, alongside Sarah Waris, my co-host. And look, we know we've not been with you uh, as regularly recently, and uh, believe me, it's not by choice. Um, the thing is that the 99.94 network is going through some things right now and has decided to take a break. And we obviously hope that's not going to be a permanent break, and uh, we hope to be back with you regularly uh, before too long. But at this stage, we just simply don't know what the situation is. So before we get into the episode, uh, we just wanted to thank everyone, really, who's uh, been with us on this journey so far, who's listened to us on the podcast, who's watched us on YouTube, who's got in touch as well. Um, you know, everyone who's appeared on this 99.94 network, all the other shows uh, that we've brought to you as well that uh, have been great. And this show in particular, the figures have been very good. So it shows a lot of you have engaged in what we've done. A lot of that is is thanks to your support. So, uh, you know, once again, just, just a big thank you to all of you for listening and to watching for us. And while the network decides on its future, you can still follow both Sarah and I on social media. Um, you can follow all my commentary work that I still do for the BBC and SEN and uh, all my other sports broadcasting work as well. And, and Sarah is still writing brilliantly for Wisdom as well. So do keep in touch with both of us. Sarah, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Just overwhelmed with all the support that came in for us, with all the positive reviews, with all the constructive criticism. And I, I never expected this kind of uh, feedback because I was totally new to it. The network put their trust, uh, trust in me and, you know, the feedback that just came in for us, for this show in particular, was just uh, so encouraging. And yeah, hope we are back soon. And again, thank you for all the feedback, for regularly listening. And the fact that, you know, people missed us. We didn't show uh, do a show for a long time. And the people missed us. They tagged us asking where we are. I think that's just uh, a stamp of, you know, how people heard us and they wanted more of us. So really grateful for that. Absolutely, yeah. So just a, a big thank you to everyone who's uh, supported the show so far. But before we go, we have got one final show for you. This is not just uh, a big, long goodbye. We are going to talk cricket and we're going to start, Sarah, with the Border Gavaskar series, the third test, Australia pulling one back in indoor. We thought they'd do well maybe in Dharamshala if the test was to be played there, slightly different conditions on offer, but they've done it on a rank turner, on a raging turner, on a snake pit, whatever you want to call it. Um, India won the toss, had a bat first. Everything was was going in India's favour. Even from that point of view, you look at the pitch, you know, everything was supposedly all set up for India, but the Aussies under Steve Smith this time, of course, as well, leading the side in the absence of Pat Cummins, get the job done and uh, a really disappointing two and a bit days for India, as it turned out. Definitely. And I had actually predicted the night before the test that I have a feeling India are going to lose this. Probably a, a sense of complacency or arrogance. This is the words of Matthew Hayden. Like he criticized Rohit Sharma for his batting and his uh, captaincy overall, saying that, you know, there was a sense of uh, complacency in his batting and the fact that, you know, we are India, we are going to boss the conditions. So probably you could feel that sense of arrogance coming in the fans as well that okay you know we've just won uh, won the first two test matches quite easily and we are going to win the last two and uh, go into the WTC final the WTC now India have to win the last test and then hope uh, 
to qualify direct qualification uh, one more thing you spoke about the pitch being in india's favor do you really think a rank turner works in india's favor because you know it the mastery of ashwin and jadeja negated and if you this this pitch has been given a poor rating by the icc and the last time india lost on a rank turner in 2017 was also uh, in pune against australia was also a rank turner so do you think these kind of pitches actually work for india's favor because we've spoken at length about uh, india spinners uh, india batters not being that good against spain and rahane has also you know in the past criticized these kind of pitches saying that because of uh, these spin wickets the averages of the batters have been going down uh, in the past which is not very pleasing to them also so do you think india should prepare these rank turners yeah that that's why i said supposedly everything in india's favor because you're right if it's a complete rank turner it almost does negate the brilliance of ashwin and jadeja who don't necessarily need a rank turner to be able to then do what they do and and bowl sides out and you know out bowl opposition it gives you know more of a level playing field really for the likes of Nathan Lyon, Todd Murphy and Kuhneman and these guys to come into the game as well and look Matthew Kuhneman he's an okay bowler is he going to do anything in the rest of his test career I don't think so so you know for for him to bowl and and get the figures that he did in the first innings 5 for 16 we've seen it in the past haven't we we've seen Michael Clark take 6 for 9 in India we've seen Steve O'Keefe absolutely you know bowl the indians out uh, in that 2017 series in that first test as well and and what of these guy you know clark was was never a proper rounder uh, joe root 5 for 8 <laughs> in uh, in that series as well in amdavad so you know it's it, it happens a lot in indian conditions even ajas patel ajas patel's a decent bowler and yeah india still went on to win that match where he took a 10 for Um but Ajaz Patel is he a world class spinner probably not he's okay does a does a job but it's just creating these kind of conditions it it sets up that level playing field where you know these part timers and and these you know with all due respect look I don't want to be harsh on Kuhneman he's a test cricketer I'm not he's you know he's he's done well in in first class cricket he does well in the big bash in in white ball cricket as well um but he's 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 nowhere near the standards of Ashwin and Jadeja. He's, he's miles off, and he always will be miles off. He's he's just not got the armory to be a, an all-time great <laughs> of any description in spin bowling in the world. So, yeah, it's it's a shame. And you know, as a batter as well, I I, I find it disappointing that you look at the averages of people like Pujara and Kohli, and yeah, you might say they themselves have been out of form personally across you know all conditions. um but to have those averages dropping so significantly just shows you and they have played a lot of test cricket at home in the last few years as well and you know 250 is almost a good score we we don't want to see that i mean what we saw in nagpur was slightly different um with rohit sharma getting that 120 and india scoring 400 batting just the once and that's kind of what you expect india to do at home to have that real dominance on the game and you know when you look at it though when you break it down it was only actually the lower order that that really allowed them to get to that 400 and i think that's been the issue in this test match that the lower order hasn't fired and jadeja obviously got promoted up the order a little bit but those all-rounders jadeja ashwin and aksha patel aksha you know not out in both innings wasn't given the opportunity 
to bat a long one. Um, but they've not had the, the they've not saved India's bacon this time. Basically, it's 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 as simple as that. And in Delhi, it could have been very different had it not been for that Akshar Patel innings. Um, so even in Nagpur, even in Nagpur, although in Nagpur at least Rohit batted well, and and there were some other contributions in the order as well. Um, Jadeja played well on that occasion as well, and you know there, there were one or two other contributions, but that really sort of killed the game off and made sure India didn't have to bat again. Um, and Australia, look, they've been, they've had their positions in this series. It's not been like India have completely dominated the whole series. They should have won in Delhi. They had chances in Nagpur. They just didn't make the most of it. I mean, to be honest, it was probably their own media and all that stupidness from Fox Cricket and all these, you know, supposed uh, reputable outlets who, who were just getting in their head with talk of the pitch and pictures of the pitch. And, you know, it was our colleague Bharat Sundaresan who tweeted the picture of the pitch and everyone went mad. And, you know, they should have taken that with a pinch of salt. Nobody else was there. Nobody saw how it was actually being prepared. They just saw a picture and went crazy. And that sort of fed into the Australian mindset, I felt, as well in Nagpur. So things could have been very, very different in this series had, you know, just one or two of the bigger moments gone Australia's way. So, yeah, I'd, I'm not sure these pitches are necessarily the way forward. Um, it seems like an obsession to try and play it safe, to make rank turners. Nobody wants to see three-day test matches for a start, unless, you know, like maybe in Nagpur, there was nothing wrong with the pitch and India just completely outplayed Australia and Australia psychologically weren't there. That's different. But when you talk about even Delhi to an extent, you know, it could have been a little bit better, the pitch to bat on for the first couple of days. They could have prepared it in that way. And and this one, okay, they didn't have as much time in indoor because the fixture was changed um, fairly last minute. But still, it's, it's not a good look uh, for Indian test cricket and, you know, uh, as much as we like to see home conditions, this is taking the piss, yeah. I think. And and it didn't, and it backfired as well. So there you go. Yeah. Just one point on this is uh, off late, I, uh, since 2018 or something, you could say that the pitches have become slightly, you know, like this, the big scores aren't really coming. We have seen a big couple of big scores. We saw 400 in Nagpur, but you know, not like the 500s and 600s being scored, which was so common when the likes of Sachin and Dravid and all, they were playing. So, uh, and Vikram Rathor actually before the series or, you know, after the first test or something, he actually said that, you know, with the World Test Championship, the importance of winning home games have increased so much more. So, you know, the kind of that could be a reason why the pitches have, you know, become, um, uh, you know, more result-oriented, you could say, and not, you know, those flatter roads which we would see. So that could have also paid a part in it because, uh, played a part in it because, yeah, draws don't get you as many points and uh, in the World Test Championship and winning at home, as he said, is crucial. So uh, if you just look, look, uh, at the scoreboard, I think in since 2018, 600 has been crossed two or three, two times, I think, or maybe once. So yeah, that that's another uh, reason why I think you know the pitches are slowly becoming um, a li- different from what we are so used to seeing. You know, the 500s and 600s being scored and teams playing for the draws and all that. And maybe 
the captaincy of uh, Virat Kohli also that Virat Kohli played test cricket to get the results like and he wasn't really in favor of these playing playing matches for draws so that could have also been a reason um for you know the pitches in india totally becoming so different since 2017 or 18 where the big scores aren't really that common so uh, just my two cents on that absolutely another reason why the big scores haven't been so common is look there's there's problems in the batting and uh, we'll we'll take a short break and we'll discuss that on the other side Edges and Sledges is India's favorite cricket podcast with a focus on Indian cricket and the IPL. Every week, three ordinary cricket fans, DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, get together to discuss the biggest Indian cricket-related stories. We've done some cool interviews including Danny Morrison, Jamima Rodriguez, and lots of other current and former players. But mostly, we just provide our own light-hearted take on Indian cricket as fans of the game. Episodes come out weekly on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So check us out. Edges and sledges for Indian cricket fans everywhere on the 99.94 DM network. Cricket every day. So yeah, the the big elephant in the room for the first two tests was Kale Rahul and his form at the top of the order. And I think in a way all that chat protected chat around the likes of Kohli, for example, and you know, not just Kohli's form, but Kohli's struggles against spin. And this has been ongoing a lot longer than the 3 years or whatever it is since he scored a century 3 and a 3 years and what 3 or 4 months or something um november 2019 wasn't it his last um his last test century um but his problems against high quality spin on tracks like these especially but even in white ball cricket in conditions around the world you know it doesn't have to be red ball cricket on dust bowls he's just he's just not the best player of the sp- of spin bowling in the world and yeah he has performed brilliantly against all bowlers that he's faced at one time or another um but overall his technique i don't think stacks up that well and you know creating pitches like this obviously doesn't help him you know pujara has not been in the best of form he he batted really well for his 59 in the second innings in this test match obviously remained not out and scored the winning runs in delhi as well so we've seen flashes from him but not that consistency KS Bharat he didn't keep well in this test match it was a difficult one it would have been difficult for anybody but he didn't keep well we we're told how great a keeper he is and if you're not going to be able to keep well in these conditions and you certainly don't look like a batter you look like a, a number 9 or whatever you know you'd probably a number 9 at least right because you've got Akshar in there you've got Jadeja Ashwin in there you know he he's nowhere near better than any of those guys um at the moment in his career so what is his role in the side rahul's gone now shubman gills back in um you know it's it's unfair to judge him on on one test match in these conditions but there's real problems even rohit at the top of the order look rohit's looked good at times he he looked really good in nagpur he batted well in delhi until he was run out and you know they but it's just not clicked on do you know what i mean it's it doesn't fill you with confidence this batting lineup does it definitely and uh, it's a coincidence that our first ever show was talking about kohli and if he should be dropped from the t20i team and he had that remarkable comeback and now i'll 
last show for the time being is talking about Kohli in the test squad and hopefully, you know, he can now turn it around and have that remarkable comeback as well. But yeah, totally uh, excellent points. And even Shreya Sayar, he didn't play the first test match. Um, he was, he looked decent, but overall the uh, batting lineup, as you said, has, has been horrendous. And the first two test matches, it was the lower middle order, Akshar, Jadeja, Ashwin, who played those knocks and helped India to decent scores. So if not for them, uh, it was, I think, 138 for seven or something in Delhi and uh, something similar in Nagpur also. So... Uh, it's something which has been an issue. Pujara, he has returned to form. But, you know, there was Rahane before that who would take all the blame. Now, Rahane is not there. So, then there was KL Rahul, as you rightly said. There was KL Rahul. And now there's been um, Kohli, the eyeballs. Aaron Kohli, he's 34 years old. You could say that, you know, the his revival, uh, his comeback in ODIs and T20Is makes you hope that... Uh, Something similar is waiting in test cricket, but at 34 years old, three, three and a half years, he's been out of form and, and just looks uh, like the runs don't seem to come for him. He looked very, uh, he looked uh, great in the first innings, I would say. He scored only 22, but you know, he showed application. He had the technique, but the big runs aren't just coming for him. And uh, he has scored decent knocks in the last three years. Like there was this 74, I think, in Adelaide where he was run out and uh, before, you know, flying back for the birth of his child. And then in uh, in Chennai, in one of the test matches, he scored some 70-odd, which was also on a difficult pitch. So, and then 79-29 uh, against South Africa, it's uh, last year, I think it was in Cape Town when you know Rishabh Pant scored that hundred and India lost the match. So there have been a good, uh, there have been good knocks. There have been knocks where you know he's applied himself, but the big runs aren't coming. And after a point, you know it was a similar discussion with uh, KL Rahul also that he looked good in England, he looked good in South Africa, but the runs had dried up of late. So how long will the patience last? There is someone like Sarfaraz Khan in the wings and uh, there are other talented players in the ring, uh, uh, waiting in the wings. So, how long will the patience last? And he's 34 years old. He's not getting any younger. So, probably in the next WTC cycle, you never know. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's a whole list of them, isn't there? Sarfaraz Khan, look, we're... Mm. There's no denying the form that he's been in over the last two or three years and, and just his entire first-class career is amazing anyway. He has been cited as having, you know, I've been speaking to people while I was over in India and people who've known him coming up the ranks and there are disciplinary issues um, ever since he was hmm. a lot younger and playing junior cricket and, you know, hopefully these these things sort of pass and, and people mature and, and move on and, you know, we, we hope to sort of see a mature Safraz Khan making his international debut and, and playing for India in test cricket and scoring runs. Um, but even him aside, you know, you look at the Irani Cup at the moment and uh, Abhimanyu Iswaran is, is scoring runs. Yashasvi Jaiswal is scoring runs as well. And, you know, the, these are not just runs. You know, Jaiswal is scoring double centuries in first-class cricket. Um, he's I think he's now scored three in, in nine matches or something like that. So... You know, these people are really seriously, seriously knocking on the door. And then, you know, you've you've got other people like Mayank Agarwal, who is still scoring runs and 
you know, he's been there. He's played test cricket. He's been successful at test cricket. He averages over 40 in test cricket. You know, there, there are people, there, there's so many different options as well uh, for different positions in the order. So, you know, it's, it's not done and dusted that if you're Virat Kohli, you're guaranteed your place now in this test side. As you say, he's 34, which isn't that old for somebody who's as fit as he is. And if you look at the other obvious comparison, Sachin Tendulkar went on until he was past 40. Um, I'd say the difference was that Tendulkar kind of had a second coming across all forms. And it, you know, it was coming back from injury after sort of 07, 08, and then 09 and 10 were brilliant years. I mean, 2010 was the best year Sachin's ever had in Test cricket. And, you know, he was like just a couple of years away from his retirement. He was in his late 30s. And he was scoring double hundred in, in ODI cricket in 09. He scored that 175 against Australia, which I thought was a better innings. He had, a, you know, even in 2011, he, he had a very good World Cup. He was the second top run scorer, two centuries, uh, that 80 odd in the semi final. Okay, it was a bit scratchy, but, you know, he got the runs against Pakistan as well in that important match. And even through the England series, the big runs weren't coming for him, but the half century still were. And this is when people said he should have retired long ago. So, you know, there may well be a second coming, but it's 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 more like the Tendulkar of probably 2012 and into 2013, where he was just very scratchy. And I'm getting those same vibes from Virat, where there's the odd innings. This is in Test cricket only, where you get that 44 in Delhi, and it looks really good, and you've gutsed it out, and you've looked solid and everyone's willing you on, but you don't quite get the big score. Same here with the 22 in the first innings as well. I mean, look, there comes a time when you've got to just step back from that and think, well, hang on. Yeah, it was a decent 44. Yeah, it was a good 22. Yeah, it was a, a nice 17, whatever. But you've got to take yourself back from being a fan of Virat Kohli and this legend of Virat Kohli and just treat him, you know, it's a shame to say it, but like a player, just like another player, because he's he's had this long rope, you could say, in, in test cricket. And it's weird for us to be sitting here and saying this because this is a guy up, who up until 2019 was averaging, touching 55 in test cricket after, what, 80-odd test matches. And he was probably the greatest batter we've ever had across all formats. But things happen, right? It's It's been over three years since then. And there's got to come a point where someone's got to take a call and and who's going to take that call. There's no chairman of selectors now, but you know, hopefully there'll be, there'll be someone in place um, to be able to take that call. But yeah, it's the, the batting needs looking at as far as the bowling is concerned. Yeah. One more thing about the batting before we move, before we move on about Kohli is um, that, uh, is he living on extended time because of, you know, how great he was and all that he has achieved? If it was not Kohli, he would have been dropped uh, way earlier is what yeah. I feel. You know, KL Rahul, he, had, he, he did brilliantly in England and he was decent in South Africa also. It, it just took around eight or nine, um, not even eight or nine, even lesser, I think, bad test innings from him to call for... Um, to call for his removal and he was he has been stripped of vice captaincy also even in the ODI team he's no longer the vice captain Hardik Pandya is the vice captain now so uh, would he have continued even Ajinkya Rahane you know all these uh, he has eventually been dropped so 
you think even Pujara in 2018 had been dropped for a while. Yeah. Yeah, Ra- yeah. Rahane is, hmm. yeah, Rahane is the better example because yeah. he, he was the vice captain and, you know, a, a very senior player and, and very highly regarded, particularly for his overseas form, which his overseas record is better than his record in India, which might be another reason why he complains about the tracks uh, back in India as well. But look, with Rahul, Rahul is 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 an overhyped cricketer, I feel, and always has been, um, just because of his look. You know, he's got that similar kind of look to Kohli. He's from that kind of... He's almost one of these kids who's grown up and idolised somebody like a Virat Kohli and just wanted to be exactly like him in, in certain ways. And you look at his overseas record and, yeah, we say he's had the success in England. He's We're talking like this is a guy who's averaging in the 40s or 50s in these countries. It's not. He's, it's a guy who's overseas test record. He averages 30. So, you know, you can understand. And, and, and he just looks like a man who just is confused. You know, he just doesn't know his game at the moment. He needs to go back and play domestic cricket. The domestic season, unfortunately, finished in terms of red ball cricket. So where's he going to get that? Um, maybe he needs to play county cricket, but he won't do that. He'll play IPL, like you say. So it's it's just going to be swings and roundabouts. He's just going to keep going in that same sort of circle. So he needs to go away, be out of the international setup at least for a while and and find his game if he is going to find it again. But Rohane, yeah, he look, he's not this legend of Indian batting, but still a very, very good, successful cricketer with a very good record um, across a, a long period of time, has played with some of the greats of the game, has sort of played in this generation as well. But yeah, Kohli's just getting that little bit of extra time because he's the GOAT, right? And and everything that comes with Kohli is, yeah, He'll probably get more extended time. And in a way, who are we to knock the selectors and and people in charge for giving him that little bit of extra time because of all he's done for Indian cricket? But there has to come a point at some point where you've just got to look at people's form and if if you're struggling to score 250 or 200 in, in test matches at home, you've got to A, look at the conditions that you're preparing, but also the type of batters you've got there and you need people who are in form and, and capable of scoring the big runs. And, you know, I just want to touch on the bowlers before we move on to the next segment and to say that, you know, do you think India needs three spinners in these kind of conditions? Do you think it should go an extra batter maybe? Because Akshar Patel is, that was yeah, he's not bowling. That was exactly what I was going to say. I was I was going to say, should India do India need to spur two fast bowlers? That was my question, which I was going to pose to you. Do India need two fast bowlers? A combined Shami, Omesh, and Siraj, they bowled 60, 61 overs in the three test matches. They bowled just 13 overs uh, in in Nagpur, um, in Indore. And uh, it's not that, you know, either of them is any of the fast bowlers is a very good batsman, also. You can't expect them to be like Ashwin or Jadejans consistently score those 30s and 40s. So, yeah, good point. I think Akshar is there for his batting. So, you'll need someone like Akshar for his batting because he's been one of the best batsmen for India in this series. Don't you, can't you just pick another batter, though? Which I will, yeah. If, if, look, if you're not going to bowl the guy, if he, he, he's taken one wicket in this entire series. And, yeah, he hasn't bowled as much, but he's not really... 
looked as threatening. He's, you know, I don't know. His bowling form hasn't been as good uh, over the last sort of year, 15 months or so anyway. Um, if you're picking him as a batter, there are better options surely as, as proper batters. Or even if if you want to pick another all-rounder and maybe have Akshar in the team and, you know, maybe only have the one genuine quick, why don't you put somebody like a Hardik Bandia in the side and, you know, somebody could bowl a few overs if you need him to, but just gives you that solid batting and, and that experience in the middle order and something different because you've got a lot of these guys who, you know, like to negotiate this spin in a certain way. Sometimes you just need somebody to come and have a smash, don't you? I was actually thinking of someone like Ryan Parag because he had a fantastic Ranji Trophy. He scored runs, he picked up wickets. So, you know, you, you never know he could be that. Yeah, he's not a fast bowler. Uh, but, you know, someone like him or why not, why not just have Ishan Kishan or Surya Kumar in there? Because, you know, we have missed Pant in this series. Like, uh, when the match is moving at a slow pace you know yes uh, for example in this uh, yesterday when when pujara was batting what wouldn't have india done to have someone uh, someone like pant there and after a point even rohit sharma got so frustrated and he sent out that message uh, via um, ishan kishan to pujara to attack more and then he hit that six so you know someone like a pant would just have been so handful on these conditions unfortunate hope he recovers and comes back uh, comes back well um but why not you have Surya Kumar or someone like Ishan Kishan? Because as you said, Bharat's keeping has not been the greatest. He uh, edged ahead of Kishan because of his keeping skills. But if that's not uh, the best, why not have someone like Kishan, uh, Kishan there? Even um, uh, Pant, when he started off, his keeping wasn't the greatest, but he improved as he went along. So why can't someone like uh, Ishan Kishan do the same? So yeah, that. I would like to see some changes in this department, uh, but unlikely they are going to make any changes for the Ahmedabad test. Yeah, well, Roy Sharma did. He was asked the question about the pitch in Ahmedabad before this match had even concluded and sort of suggested that if they were to win in indoor, then he might prepare a green top. I don't know if that was tongue-in-cheek or... They might be better suited to that, to be honest. They've they've performed well overseas in recent times. They've won in Australia. They've you know the two one up in England in twenty twenty one, and you know even in South Africa they had their opportunities. So it's it's not as if they can't play in those conditions, and they've got a hell of a fast bowling lineup as well. If you bring Shami back into it as well, so you know they have got other options. They're not just one trick ponies where you've got to play the three spinners and you've got to prepare dust bowls. So. Let's see. Uh, it probably will be another Dust Bowl. Um, Prime Minister is going to be in attendance for the first day as well. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on India to to perform well at his his ground, right? The Prime Minister's ground is named after him as well. Um, so there's going to be a lot of pressure to perform. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But India needing to win that match now to guarantee their place in the World Test Championship final and not rely on other results as well. We knew they had to win three coming into this series. So if there's one to go, they they need to win it. Um, so best of luck to them and, and we'll see how that one pans out. Um, but another thing, Sarah, starting this weekend, tomorrow, as we sit here and 
record this episode, the the Women's Premier League. So uh, we'll take another short break and uh, we'll discuss that on the other side. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube. So WPL, we're on the eve of it as we speak at the moment. And uh, look, it's been hastily thrown together, this whole thing. The announcement, the auction, which was during the T20 World Cup. It's it's all happened at 100 miles an hour, but it's finally here. It's not the full-blown version that we were after with 10 teams and you know, mirroring the IPL and playing all around the country. Um, it's going to be in the Mumbai area. It's going to be based on what the IPL was like during COVID times. Um, but look, it's it's a massive step in the right direction. The teams are all set up as well. Um, you know, they've they've sort of been doing their promotions, and we know now that Harman Breed's the Mumbai Indians captain. Smithy's the RCB captain. We know the key players from other sides as well, and. You know, people are starting to form their allegiances, I feel, in terms of fans and, and who they're going to follow in this tournament as well. How do you sort of see the tournament on the eve? Are you excited? I am very excited. And especially in Mumbai, you know, I am expecting huge crowds to go in because we saw probably they chose Mumbai as the venue after seeing the turnout uh, in the Australia series. I think that's the sole reason. Otherwise, I am 100% sure they would have gone for a smaller venue, you know, probably Jaipur or one of the other cities which has hosted the uh, T20 Challenge in the past. They wouldn't have gone for for Mumbai. I am very certain about it. But probably they saw the huge turnout uh, during the Australia series and... The excitement, I can I can feel it on Twitter. I, I can feel that people are already, you know, flying out to Mumbai, getting their tickets. It's free for women. It's uh, priced uh, for the men. So uh, this is an opportunity for the young girls to go out there with the, uh, the fathers should take them, mothers should take them. And then to see this whole world that exists and that there is a career uh, in sports and uh, everything so it's just encouraging and uh, it's exciting it's exciting to cover this WPL we've waited for this for a long time we've spoken about it and I just hope that at the end you know these players especially from an Indian point of view they get more uh, they get game awareness and you know they keep uh, stumbling in pressure situations in world events time and time again and we just hope that this is one thing which they learn from here they'll have all the players they'll have the Australians most of the teams will have Australians also so I just hope that you know these Indian youngsters and even the senior players they learn how to you know be clinical and dominant like the Australians and just go for the kill and uh, that's all I'm hoping from an Indian point of view that they get that champion mindset which the Australians have and it rubs off on them and you're very excited uh, you'll have Gujarat to support I'm assuming you're supporting Gujarat I, I'm just <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard it, when you look at when the tournament starts like this it was like with the IPL back then you know in 2008 there wasn't a Gujarat team so who am I going to support? Well, such in place for Mumbai, so I have to support them. Is even if there was a Gujarat team, I'd probably just go with Sachin. So you know, it's it's difficult when tournaments starting like this. 
who who are you going to start off by supporting? Probably not Gudra, if I'm honest. If if I'm just going by players that I want to follow, it, it might even be RCB, which is a weird one because you know I wouldn't support their men's team, but and that's you know despite them having Kohli, who I absolutely love. So Smithy's there, Richard Gosh is there, Renuka Singh Thakur is there. You know they've they've got that solid core of the Indian team. Really, they got the top order, they got the middle order. And they got the the fast bowler as well. Uh, they got Dane Van Niekerk from South Africa as well, who I think um, has got a point to prove after being dropped from the South Africa team for the World Cup. Uh, I think they look strong. Mumbai Indians obviously have, have invested heavily with Harman Preet as, as the skipper. And you just look at their entire coaching staff as well. So Charlotte Edwards, Julian Goswami, you know, it's as usual, it's just full of like A-listers. Um, which is what they do in the men's IPL as well. So look, there's there's loads of interesting ones. Meg Lanning at, at Daily Capitals, Jemmy's there as well. And, you know, yeah, Shafali. So interesting. It would be interesting to see how it goes for the first few games. But look, hugely exciting. Um, available all around the world via different TV channels and radios and whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll all enjoy keeping across that one. And uh, hopefully this will be the massive injection that Indian women's cricket needed, needed for so long and has finally got it. And um, yeah, we ultimately we want to see the Indian women's team uh, go from strength to strength after this, uh, you know, by playing in front of big crowds, uh, playing against quality opposition regularly with quality opposition and getting coached by some of the best coaches in the world as well. And um being mentored by people like Sanya Mirza as well. What would you make of that quickly? She's she's at RCB as as their team mentor, um, despite having I wouldn't say nothing to do with cricket. She's married to Shoaib Malik, but you know she's she's a tennis Grand Slam doubles champion. Um, what do you think she'll bring? And, and do you think it's a good move just in terms of publicity? Probably like a Mike Horn. He was with. Uh... The Indian team in 2011 and he's this, uh, you know, he's climbed mountains and he's gone all over the world and all these adventure sports. He was with KKR when they won in 2012, I think, and then they caught him again in 2014. So there have been instances in the past where people not, with nothing to do with cricket have come in and then, you know, they, even Neera Chopra, so I interviewed one of these under-19 girls and she spoke about how having someone like Neera Chopra really inspired the girls because uh, though he's not associated with cricket, but sometimes it's just good to uh, see the life of another sports person and see the challenges they face. And, you know, because these are individual sports, so the challenges in tennis or uh, athletics is a lot different than what it, what it is in cricket. So just, you know, be uh, the, for the cricketers, just uh, knowing what the challenges are and uh, overall how other people deal with it. Uh, she said, like I interviewed Shabnam. So she had said that it was very uh, different and a unique perspective which she got. So maybe that was the thinking uh, with Sanya Mirza and of course the brand value RCB have focused a lot on their brand value and that was one of the reasons why I think they splurged on Spriti Mandan also both number 18s are in uh, RCB Kohli and uh, Mandana both so yeah uh, I hope it works out for them and for me I was unfortunate I was literally sad when KKR didn't buy a team because they were 
they had held academies and they were always at the forefront of buying women's team they have a women's uh, team in the cpl also and uh, but yeah i'm going with rcb also because mandana is there and richa ghosh is there so yeah these are my two favorites so oh, we'll wait and I'm see how uh, the, the competition goes sorry yeah i'm not supporting mumbai just because of the annoyance with them from the men's team i just i am annoyed with them from the men's team they win too right. much so not fair supporting enough. them fair enough we'll, we'll wait and see how how that competition goes kicks off on saturday and uh we hope for a couple of weeks of banging action uh, and then the the men's ipl not too far off either so uh, as we mentioned at the start of this episode uh, it's going to be our last one for for a long time hopefully not forever um and if you missed the start of the episode uh, you can rewind back and have a listen or you know i could just tell you briefly again the 99.94 network uh, it's going through some stuff right now the network has decided to take a break so all shows will be uh, stopped for now uh, but thank you to everyone who's tuned into the podcast on youtube and uh, just sent us messages and and supported us um it's it's been a great journey so far hopefully it's not over and hopefully we can uh, be back with you regularly and uh you know just providing you uh, with the best indian cricket content uh, possible uh, sara thank you as well to you you've been great great co-pilot great co-host uh, on this podcast and and hopefully our journey together isn't done thank you nikesh like for encouraging me everywhere every way and it's been an honor to be doing this with you so yeah thank you so much as well likewise and uh, you know we will obviously uh, still be on social media so do follow us uh, at nikesh ragani and at swaris 16 now you can keep across all of our other work that we do in broadcast and and in writing um but for now thank you very much for listening and uh, hopefully not too long before we see you soon thanks for listening to india on 99.94 where we speak cricket every day please rate review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on twitter at nikesh ragani and at swaris 16 never miss out join our 24/7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994 dm cricket every day your way get ready race fans because the ultimate nascar experience is about to hit the airwaves welcome to pit pass nascar the podcast that takes you deep into the heart pounding world of nascar racing join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals or road racing or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass_nascar to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.